Hey, this is Quentin Moore, and I'm the pastor of the Father's House, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I hope the message inspires you, gives you faith, and lets you see that God is truly moving in your life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Through, and I'm going to continue this morning. I'm going to talk about how that moves through Lent. I'm going to go to Mark's Gospel, the 11th chapter, and I'm going to start there. I'm going to move through some of that. And I haven't taught on this in several years, and I just felt like God was going to uh, use this again this year in this season. And uh, I'm a little tired. Uh, so if I don't get as ramped up as you think I should be, I'll sleep and I'll be back next week. But we'll see where I go here. Say breakthrough. I just want you to know that breakthrough is here and breakthrough is happening in so many areas of our lives. But the one that I've been specifically targeted at for this season is to break through those limiting belief systems that have blocked you from experiencing all that God has for you. Specifically in the knowledge that you're beloved. Specifically in the knowing that you're loved of God. How do you break through those limiting belief systems, those false things that you've thought were real, that you could break into this reality that God loves you and provides for you, takes care of you? Uh, and I see that as happening all around. And even this morning when I was sharing with a couple, in the back of my mind as we're praying with each other, I'm thinking about how breakthrough happens. You know, breakthrough generally happens when the plane is vibrating so much they think all the nuts and bolts. If you ever read about Ron Yeager, who broke the sound barrier, he'd describe how right before they would break that sound barrier, that whole plane would begin to vibrate like that, and they'd think everything was falling apart. And I had come up to that barrier, and that, 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 that machine would do like this, but then when he broke through it, everything went to peace. Just, just, uh, I just want you to know that whatever is going on in your life, that, that when you break through something, there's a lot of tension there. There's a lot of, there's a lot of friction right there. And, and the enemy will let you feel that right before you pass through because he's trying to keep you. He wants you to back off the gas pedal. He, he wants you to go, he wants you just, he wants you to relax. And I could tell stories about the last week or two about how we'd come right up to something, even coming home the other night. Come right, and you could feel that the enemy will resist your breakthrough. And you, you have to kind of grit your teeth a little bit and push on through that, so to speak, in order to experience what's on the other side of that barrier that has brought you through. I'm going to go to Mark's Gospel, 11th chapter. I'm going to read several verses here. I'm going to start in verse 3. This is Jesus as He is in Bethany. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves. Say, it's got leaves. And when He went to see if perhaps He would find something on it, when He came to it, He found nothing but leaves. If I was going to really title this message, I'd say nothing but leaves. If you ever went to get something, there's just, just leaves. There's not, 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 you wanted the fig, but you got a leaf. They, he went, it wasn't the time for fruit. It was out of season, but it was saying that it had something to offer, but it really didn't have anything to offer. It's nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat from you ever again. In other words, don't let anybody ever be fooled by that. Don't get fooled by that again. I'm tired of being fooled by something that promises a fruit, but all it has is leaves. Verse 20, now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed. Now it's interesting, the language there, Jesus said, never again are you going to fool anybody. Never again is anybody going to eat. Never again. You'll never produce. You faked it. And you'll never be able to do it again. Peter said, you cursed it. I want you to notice that Christ didn't do the cursing. Peter thought he had done the cursing. 
am I, did, you got to catch the difference here. And, and he goes, look, that fig that you cursed is withered away. So Jesus said to him, and here's this great line that many people know, have faith in God. For surely I tell you, whoever says to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. Now what's he talking about? He's talking about that thing that tells you it's got something that it really ain't got. You know, that, that thing that promises to satisfy your hunger, but then after you get it, it doesn't do a thing for you. I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of like what drugs do. Drugs promises you that it'll fix your problem, but then when you do it, it doesn't really do what it said it would do. It's a, You'll never produce again. What mountain is he talking to? He's talking to that mountain that has fooled you into thinking that it has what you need whenever you get it. It really doesn't have what you need. And he goes, you need to have faith in God to stop that mountain that's trying to trick you. That false thing that appears real. That deceptive thing. He said, if you have faith in God, you can speak to that thing and it'll stop fooling you. How many have been tired of being fooled? I'm tired of letting figs fool me. Um, I've been fooled by figs long. Any, anybody? Amen. Do I need Sean to come back? He could probably. <laughs> figs. Fooled by figs. That'd be a great title for this message too. You know, no more leaves. Fooled by figs. I could listen. I, I, I I'm not. I'm not a youngster anymore. But I could tweet too. <laughs> I'm so tickled with preachers. All the do is. Tweet, never mind. Fooled by figs, no more. Be removed, cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. Say, if I say it, say it. it'll be done. Yeah. See, most people don't even get that in here. Most people stop right there. What do you mean if I say it? If you'll, if you'll say something to the foolish fig that's fooling you, you'll no longer be fooled by the foolish fig that's making a fool out of you. But you've got to be willing to speak to the fig that's fooling you to stop making a fool out of yourself. But the reason you won't do that is because everybody else thinks you look like a fool speaking to mountains that are fooling you. Now, I could do that all again. But you see, <laughs> we've been convinced by society that to believe what we say comes to pass is foolish. And the truth of the matter is God uses foolish things to confound the wise things. And until you get smart enough or faithful enough or have enough faith in God that know that only you can speak to the foolish fig that's been fooling you. And some of you are still trying to process what is that's not even tongues. You speak to that mountain. You speak to that limiting belief system. You speak to that thing that's been tricking you into thinking that it can satisfy you. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them. Say, I receive. I receive the things I say. I receive the things I speak. I receive that. I have faith that God hears me. And that when I pray, He's moving mountains on my behalf so that I'm not made a fool of anymore. Right? Aren't you tired of the world tricking and Offering this and supplying that. Believe that you receive them and you will have them. I want to talk to you this morning about how Christ comes to destroy those fig things. Comes to remove those things and what your participation in it is. That when he looks at Peter and says this, he's saying, well, I did that, but you have to participate in your own deliverance from those foolish figs. You have to participate in the process of removing those limiting belief systems that have kept you from experiencing what I have for you. 
And then I love this one verse that Paul uses in Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. He said, I've been praying for you, beloved, that Christ would be formed in you. Christ. This Jesus that revealed the foolish fig. This Jesus that came and said, whatever you say will begin to take place. This Christ in you. The Christ that formed you with His hands, but now He comes inside to form you on the inside. He wants to be inside. The same Christ that came and walked the earth, this same Christ now lives on the inside of us. And you see, this isn't our first Easter. You have to understand that if we're going to take this journey towards Easter, we have to do it in the knowledge that He's resurrected. That we're not waiting to be surprised on Sunday morning. Oh my God, we didn't know. But we know this morning that He's alive. We know that He's resurrected. We know that that life of resurrection is our life. So the story we're telling ourselves and remembering and telling our children is from the end of the story. And we start here because we already know that we have been resurrected with Him. And that if God is forming us and fashioning us, He's doing it from the inside. And we have to stop allowing the world to shape us from outside, but to be formed from the inside. Because the company you keep will shape you. The company you work for will shape you. The county you live in will shape you. The church you attend will shape you. The country you live in will shape you. Celebrities, I'm so sick of celebrities, I want to vomit. I'm tired of celebrities trying to shape the brains of my grandchildren. Because celebrities are nothing more than overpaid puppets. They're actors. You do understand that celebrities are actors. Overpaid actors. You know what actors do? They pretend to be something that they're not. They're a fig. Are you listening to me? Can I tell you something about celebrities in sports? They get paid to do that. Who cares what their political opinion is? Who cares what their spiritual aspirations are? Overpaid things. You can get shaped by celebrities. You can get shaped by superstars. You can get shaped by all of that. And Paul says you need to be shaped by the Christ. The Christ that comes and reveals the foolish, unrealistic figs of this world so that you can see the authenticity of a God that is now making Himself known through the life of a man named Jesus of Nazareth. So that you could not figure out who I am, I became like you, the only begotten Son of the living God, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made. Wow, here I am. You want to know what God looks like? Look at Jesus. You want to know what God looks like? Look at yourself, because God wanted in you. He looks like you, and He looks like me, and He looks like us. God wants in us. He wants to reunite God and what He created so that we're one. So that as I am, so are you in this world, chosen by me. And now I'm on the inside of you. Let me form you from the inside and let me reveal the figs that are out here, pretending to offer you something that is not real. Am I making any sense yet? What is Lent about? Well, I gave up chocolate. Well, good for you. (laughs) How about let's give up celebrities? How about let's give up what the culture is feeding us? How about let's give that up? How about let's give up all this stuff out here that we think is important and really it's not very important? How about we let go of all of that? 
See, Lent is about letting go of those things that have fooled us for far too long. Lent is about letting go of that false stuff so that we can experience the real. Am I making any sense yet this morning? Lent, oh yeah, give up chocolate. That's okay. But it's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about letting go of those belief systems that we've had, those ideas that we've had that really have kept us from recognizing and realizing the reality of the presence of God that nows on the inside of us. You see, the enemy comes to try to rob us of our ability to trust, of our ability to have faith. And so the enemy comes and he abuses us. And some of you have been abused, traumatized by abuse. He comes to, to get us addicted to stuff that will never satisfy us. And I can move from drugs and alcohol to shoes and cars. Addiction comes in all kinds of ways. Or, or, or he comes to, to, to tell you there's not enough resources in the world for you. And that only the right people get the stuff and the resources. And so he, he, he makes you live in poverty. And so you have this mentality that there's never enough. And according to Harvard University, whether you've been physically abused, whether you're an addict and trying to come free, or whether you've been raised in poverty, your mind has been shaped the same. And you're dysfunctional. And what happens is that whatever happens out here is now filtered through this mindset, this culture of I deserve to be abused. I can't live without that or there's never going to be enough for me. Now, can you feel that? Those are all limiting belief systems. Those are all patterns and mindsets that get on the inside of us. And the Christ shows up. And we just can't quite believe he would bless me like this, Kent. I just I still struggle with. Can you feel it? So here's God and he's present, but but Bruce, I'm battling through this trauma and this pain of yesterday. And I, I and I, so I'm I'm still a grasshopper. I'm still. See, trauma happens to all of us. An untranslated trauma <laughs> will be transmitted to the next generation. You have to take the trauma and it has to be translated through the Christ. The Christ. The one that comes to reveal that the figs are a lie. The one that comes to show us who God is really like. The trauma has to be translated through, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Yea, I will be with you through the valleys of the shadow of death. Yea, <laughs> I'm making all things work together. Even this for your good. See, the trauma has to be translated through the Christ. And if you know the Christ is resurrected, not resuscitated. Lazarus was resuscitated, but he still had this body. That's just the same old life again. Right? I mean, that, that's, that's resuscitated. Listen, resurrection is, it, it even, it, it, it's a different body. Amen. It got holes in it and no blood in it now. And it can walk through walls. Yes. It could, 
Now that's a different kind of life. Lazarus didn't get that kind of life. Tabitha didn't get that kind of life. She got just the old one again. See, when you're born again, you don't get the old one again. You don't get it. 2.0. Or what is it, 15 point something now? Download. No, 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 no. When we said resurrection, we mean a whole other kind of life. Life that's not depending on the blood. Life that now depends on the glory. A body that now walks through walls can disappear in disguise. So when I think of Easter in a few weeks, I'm thinking, a whole new kind of life. Am I, am I, are you? <laughs> and that's in me. Transforming. Changing. Taking the traumas of abuse and addiction and poverty and translating it to mean something completely different than what it did when we started. That's how I can keep my mind and not go nuts. Right? And, and, and Katie's going to come and finish this on a Wednesday night for me because he can't do it alone. You can't do this alone. You ever tried to get over something by yourself? Hmm. Hmm. You still ain't over it. You're still at home. No, no, no. It takes a, it takes a village, to quote Hillary. It, it, it takes a community. You ought to be in here. If you think it's weird out there, it, it takes a family. It takes friends. It takes, it takes other people to hold your hand when you're driving through a snowstorm. You know, I, I realized the other night I was still double-minded. I'm driving through this snowstorm. I haven't been this scared in 42 years, driving through a snowstorm. And, and I'm thinking, and I listened to myself and I thought, oh my God, I'm still double-minded. You ever been in a situation that just scaring the bejeebies out of you? And I'm cussing one minute and praying in tongues the other minute. And it dawned on me. Uh, you just sit there. You just go ahead and sit there and be holier than that. I'll be honest with you. There's still human parts of me that just go, oh my God. That Christ be formed in you. That you can recognize those things inside of your life that have appeared real, but they're not. Those traumas that need be translated by the Christ himself so that you can understand what's been taking place inside of you. To receive the Christ in you, the very hope of glory. You see, like most of you, I was introduced to Jesus as a child. And I was told that God came and here's Jesus. And if you accept him, life will be great. If you don't, you will go to hell. That's like telling me if I don't marry Annie. You know, if, if you marry somebody because you don't want to go to hell, do you know you're in hell? <laughs> I mean, and the way you're introduced to somebody is the way you will live with somebody. And listen, Jesus didn't come and threaten me with hell if I didn't accept him. He didn't do that. Amen. That's not true. But if you think that's true, your, your faith is just, you'll never measure up. And so I was introduced to him. If I didn't take him, he would. And, and so I was always trying to measure up to something because I didn't. Well, you ever tried to please somebody you don't really know? Seriously. I would do everything I knew to do, Bruce, to please Jesus, only to realize I didn't need to do anything to please him, but trust him. 
He didn't need me to do anything to make him happy. He just needed me to be happy with the fact that he chose and loved me regardless of... Amen. Do you know that... that, that and I got to tell you, I struggled in my faith having faith in God because I was the fig. I, I'm the fig. Look at me. I'm a Christian. Look at me. I don't cuss, swear, well, except in snow. I'd, <laughs> is this being vulnerable enough to get? Look at me. I've got fruit. Look over here. Am I connecting anything yet at all? I know I'm tired, but look over here. I'm better than Democrats. I'm better than Catholics. I'm better than... Listen, I'm better than that. <laughs> I'm the fig. I'm, it's me that he's saying... I don't need any of that. It's me that's offering to be and perform. <laughs> it's not the mountain. It's me. It's my thinking. Yes. Can you feel this yet? <laughs> I need to let go of all of my pretense of being something Amen. that I can never be unless he comes on the inside of me. <laughs> And forms me and shapes me and molds me and works on Quentin that someday maybe I might attain to the power of his resurrection. Am I, am I connecting to anybody? And this is going on 40 years and I'm still in, I think I'm still beginning, to be honest. Particularly when I'm in snow. <laughs> but then to come into this moment, and I can remember the moment like it was yesterday. Do you know he loves you? Oh my God. I remember that moment. Bam, it was there. It was there, son. It was there. And in a moment, all those lies, those figs, and those false things appearing real, they were gone. And I knew in that moment he loved me. And that I was the thing. I knew it. And from that moment to today, I am hungry for more of that. I've got to tell you, when you taste the authenticness of the unconditional love of God that chooses you in spite of your failures and in spite of your, and that, that, I'm hungrier today for him than I've ever been in my life. And I get a little more glimpses a little longer someday. Right? What is Lent about? It's not about giving up chocolate. It's about giving up the fig that I am. It's about let go of, of all of my pretenses and all of the things I've tried to satisfy my life with. And I got to tell you, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm probably just addicted to trying to please God, I suppose. And I have to give that up. I have to let that go and I have to.
come into this place where I stop and I, I become like Paul that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his sufferings and being conformed into his death. I have to come to that place, Bruce, to where Christ himself begins to form and change and, and less of me and more of him. You do realize we're all dying to ourselves. It's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives on the inside of us and he forms us into this being, hmm. this shape, this, this purpose, this encounter that has... And I'm probably rambling. But this is the gospel. This is the gospel where I come to the end of Quentin. I come to the end of my performance. I come to the end of the culture that's tried to shape me and mold me. I come to the end of that. And suddenly this Christ, the anointed one and his anointing, slips inside of this thing. And I can feel him pulling down these false assumptions, pulling down those things of our culture and our celebrityism and our country even, pulling them down. That's Lent. That is Lent when Paul says, I forget those things that are behind. I let go of the good and the bad I let go of those things that have had my attention. I remind myself that this last year has been filled with all kinds of things. I have to let go of it. I have to surrender it. I have to let, I let go of it, Paul says. I count it as rubbish. This, this Pharisee, this Galilee, this, this, he said, I have to let go of that. That I might know him. That I might reach for. That I might obtain to the prize. <laughs> this year, in this house, we've had to say goodbye to some really, really good friends. One of them helped us build the thing that we do every year. She would come in and make, help make 147 costumes. Shared over. But how, how do we let go? See, if we're not careful what we've lost, what we grieve, the trauma. See, I look good up here behind this thing when I tell the story and people have gone home. But I go home and hurt because they're my friends. But to let go of Melvin and Mary and James. To let go of the things of this year and to trust that there is a life after this one. And that this life is all about that life. And not get caught up on what's going on in this life because this life is... And it's over. But... How do we come into Lent and say, okay, I trust that Mary's with you. I trust that Melvin's with you. 
I trust that this trauma that I'm living and have drug with me, I need to let go of it and let it be translated by the hope of the resurrection. This is the gospel. And in the face of death, you hear the God of heaven say, Father, forgive them. And all of a sudden, death is transformed. The trauma of being crucified is transformed into new life. And you're still trying to get over what Mima said to you. Good God. At some moment, I have to tell you, the only way through the traumas of this life are through the Christ that hung on the cross. Psychology does everything to help me analyze it and to describe it. The answer is still the Christ on the cross that took the trauma of death and transformed it into life. That's our gospel. Our gospel is not that you're going to get rich next week. Our gospel is not that everything's going to be roses. Our gospel is that no matter what happens to you, there is a life beyond this one that is eternal. And you didn't perform for it, you silly fig. You didn't perform for it. It was given to you by grace, totally free. And if you can feel that this morning, that's authentic. That's real. That's what they're looking for. That's what somehow these 13-year-olds down here, and I had to turn it off because I knew those 13-year-olds down here were getting a glimpse of that. And it's beyond our denomination. It's beyond our politics. It's beyond the very life I'm living. And it's a mystery, and it's, it's beautiful. And it'll transcend all the religious nonsense. And it'll give them hope of eternal life. Down with the fig. Down with the fig. And all of its pretenses. And oh, Peter, have faith in me. Speak to the mountain. Speak to the unbelief that's in you. Speak to that thing that rises up and wakes you up in the middle of the night and makes you worry about it. Speak to that thing that the enemy keeps bringing back and making you feel ashamed of. Speak to that thing. Speak to that thing that says you're never going to amount to anything. Speak to that thing that says, speak to it, O man of God. Because I'm in you. I'm in you. I've anointed you with my life. I've united myself to you and nothing will ever separate me from you and I'm in you. And when you speak, I'll move that mountain and I'll destroy that faithlessness and I'll, I'll, I'll move and pour through you to accomplish in your life and the very things that I've done. You'll do, not because of you, but because of me. This is the faith. That's the faith, not a latte and a, oh, Jesus, not another program, but oh, the presence of the Holy Spirit that moves on a bunch of 13-year-olds. Oh, God, that's Easter. That's Easter. That's, that's three or four weeks. We're going to go, he's risen. Well, you got to know he's risen now. 
He's in you now. And that you can speak now. And you can let go and get over it and break through. <sighs> okay, so I've probably wasted your time this morning because this is so emotional to me. Uh, it's just so emotional to me. Because I had to break through a religious cultivated mindset that I had to perform. And I've spent a long time <laughs> breaking through that so I could just be embraced. Wow. You're going to get out early and you're going to wonder maybe you ought to send him on vacation and get out earlier. <laughs> I'm just moved this morning by the reality of how undeserved we all are. And yet, how Christ is in us. And the Christ in us will be able to point out the figs that we've become. So that we can speak to the mountains that try to keep us from experiencing the fullness of the living God. Hallelujah. Salvation is so much more than just getting to go to heaven. Salvation about being in heaven. Long, long time ago, I had an old man look at me and said, Son, whatever you give your life to, whatever you give your life to, will form you. If you give your life to racing cars, you'll be formed by racing cars. If you give your life to, you'll be formed by that. A long time ago, hope that I'm giving my life to the Christ that's in me, that He could form me. Am I, am I here? What is Lent? We'll give up chocolate. But Lent is really about letting go of that false you is really about letting go of the false self so that you can receive the true self. I'm going to tell you what heaven is. It's when you can lay down and know that you are who God created you to be. That's heaven. Heaven all the way to heaven. about letting go, trusting God, reaching out. That's Lent. Father, I pray this morning that my meanderings in some small way would help somebody. Pray this morning for these good people, that your goodness and your grace, your mercy would give them life and health and eternity. I pray this morning that every fig that has appeared would be removed. I pray that they would have boldness to speak this morning. Speak to the mountains that have been standing in the way. 
speak to those things that have limited them, that only they know. message truly inspired you today. If it did, do a couple things for me. Subscribe to our show and it'll just drop right into your feed and you can stay current with all that we're doing. The second thing is, is if you've been impacted by this ministry, you can click the link right there in front of you and you can become one of our givers and that'll help us to keep spreading the gospel and the good news around the world. Everyone needs to hear the good news right now, maybe more than any other time. So God bless and I'll see you next time.